It's not just a game, it's not just a grass. Lawn Solutions Australia is the exclusive home of Australia's best sports turf varieties. For the world's best grasses like Tiff Tough Hybrid Bermuda and Sir Grange Zoysia, contact Lawn Solutions Australia at lawnsolutionsaustralia.com.au. Hello and welcome to episode 77 of The Thing About Golf, Golf Australia Magazine's never-ending attempt to answer the question, just what is it about this crazy game? Rod Murray's my name and this episode is one that was both difficult and joyful to record. 2022 was just nine days old when the Australian golf family lost one of its favourite sons, 1982 Australian Open winner Bob Shearer dying suddenly at home in Melbourne. Just 96 days later, there was more sadness with news that Jack Newton, the 1979 Australian Open winner and another of the nation's golfing icons, had also passed after a two-year battle with Alzheimer's disease. Jack and Bob were not only among this country's most successful and popular golfers with victories both at home and abroad, they were also good mates. It was Jack's wife Jackie that introduced Bob and Kathy all those years ago and across continents and decades, their friendship has remained strong. And today, we get to hear them reminisce about what life in golf was like living with two genuine legends of the game. Kathy's been on the podcast before, of course, featuring alongside Bob, when I was lucky enough to chat with both for the second ever episode of the show. As Kathy reveals in this episode, it was Bob's last formal media interview, and I highly recommend going back and giving it a listen. Jackie I'd never met before, but what a delight it was to hear her tell the story of life with Jack, both before and after the 1983 accident which almost ended his life. Kathy has long been one of my favourite people in golf, and Jackie has now been added to that list. I hope that you enjoy this discussion with the two of them as much as I did. Well, it's called The Thing About Golf, the podcast, but I think this episode, perhaps, we should call The Thing About Golfers. We've got two very special guests with us today, neither of whom are known for their golf ability, but both of whom are a part of the Australian Golf family. Kathy Shearer, your second appearance. We had you and Bob on the show two years ago now. I think you were episode two. Good of you to come back. Thank you very much. Um, I know Bob enjoyed doing it, and that was actually the last sort of interview that Public he interview did. did. Yes, he did. Yeah, and it was a fabulous one, I must say. I really enjoyed it, and I think a lot of the listeners did too. So we're looking forward to hearing from you again as well. And our other very special guest, Jackie Newton, wife of Jack Newton, who sadly we lost Bob in January and we lost Jack in April, which I think the entire Australian golf family has felt so fabulous to have you along as well, Jackie. And thanks for taking some thank time. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I, I suspect the two of us might struggle to get a word in, Jackie. So we might start with you just. <laughs> Just Thanks to make sure. Possibly. <laughs> when we had Bob and Kathy on the show, Kathy laid the blame squarely at your feet for being married to Bob. Was she telling the truth about that? So I work for Rothmans and all the sporting events. This was in England, wasn't it? In England, yeah. full time. And so I did golf and motor racing, everything. And um, so because I worked full time with them, I could pick where I went. And by then I'd met Jack. And so Kathy I met when I was modelling in London. And uh, we, I, I actually got her into the promotion work, um, and um, when I so that was how it started. And you invited so, her to your party. You introduced her to Bob, and so as Kat put it, and here we are. And then that's right. And then um, we were there, and 
of course, they were playing in the summery probably. Summery four ball. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I, Jack said, Oh, well, I'll get some of the boys to come along and we'll have a bit of party for you for your birthday, which we did. And Bob was on his own. And actually, it was Jack that basically introduced them, I think. So you're sh- shuffling yeah, the brain along. Yeah, away. Nice. And as much as I knew Bob, <laughs> and he, uh, introduced them and, that was it. So then I started seeing Bob at all the golf events, you know. And, yeah, indeed. And How did you and Jack meet? You said you already knew Jack at that point. Uh, I did. I met Jack when he's, I think it was his second year. He came over the year before, but he was. this was his first top year. So what year there. are we talking? 72. 72. Okay. And um, we were up in, I was up at a golf tournament called the Piccadilly Medal. Um, there were two big tournaments, Piccadilly section the Piccadilly World Match Play mm-hmm. was held at Wentworth and the Piccadilly Medal. Where was the medal? Which, well, the medal was up in, and I, I've been try, trying my hardest. <laughs> if I know it was a good, yeah, I, to find out what, where it was, <clears throat> but it was up near Blackpool. Okay, so. Uh, so it was in that area on the coast. Um, it was a coastal. Lytham? No, I, I don't think it was Lytham. Okay. I think it'd be, uh, anyway. I, anyway. And um, I'd actually seen Jack. Unbeknownst to me, this was later on. I'm sure I saw him in the car park at the golf, you know, earlier. But when I saw him walking through the golf course, the car park, he had purple socks on. His trousers were short around his ankles, mm-hmm. and he had this blonde locks of curly hair, and uh, oh, you know, unusual, you know, for the golf. <laughs> and, <laughs> Anyway, that night, myself and another another two of the girls were working with me at a, a dinner at um, one of the big hotels in Blackpool. And uh, when when we when we came out of the dinner, suddenly one of the girls, Sally Raymond, she um, said to me, "Oh, this guy called Tertius, one of the golfers, Tertius Clarsons. He was South African. He's asked me out for a drink tonight." And anyway, we go outside, and I said, well, I'll see you later. But then all of a sudden, there's these two other boys there with them. And uh, lo and behold, to us, Tertius, who couldn't speak, he was sort of more African type, mm-hmm. you know, with a slightly, the lingo was harder to understand. He said, um, you boys come with me, because at least you'll be able to understand, you know, you can tell them if you don't. <laughs> Sally doesn't understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> and... And um, he, um, so anyway, unbeknownst to us, and I haven't sort of made this, um, Ooh, told this yeah, yes. I haven't told this to many people. I hear later that, of course, Tertius was going to see Sally, and there was another girl there called Patsy Bass Walker and myself. And the two boys, mm. one was, um, uh, uh, Oh, sorry. Doesn't matter. Forgotten the name. And one was um, uh, Jack Tertius. Ter- Jack Tertius and another Who South African boy. South, not Simon Hobday. No, not no. Simon. Mm. Another boy. Well, you wouldn't forget Simon no, Hobday. No, I think no. from everything I've heard. <laughs> He's actually Simon's actually my my daughter's now godfather. Oh, fabulous! Yeah, well, he was. He passed away, That's but right. um, he uh, yeah, and they tossed. But they were both going for the other girl, Patsy, 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 Patsy Walker. They both fancied her on site. And I was the boogie prize. And Jack ended up with the boogie prize. So that's how I met him. 
When did you find that out, Jack? What was that conversation like? <laughs> Later on, we were having a laugh and he said, oh, you wouldn't believe, you know. <laughs> oh, really? Mm. Jack could get away with admitting yeah, that. Yeah, he could. There was a yeah. bunch of the Shane Warne about Jack. Yeah, I was just was, thinking actually. when you were describing yeah. his dress and the way he would yeah. strut around the yeah. place, there were shades of Shane Warne about um, the early Jack, wasn't he there? He was, and he had that cheeky smile yeah. and the blonde hair and he was in England – I had none been known to me because he'd just come over. He was sort of the sweetheart of the tour because he was a good looking boy and, and, um. He could say things that other yeah, people get away that's with right. and get away with it. And this blonde, blonde curly hair. Anyway, we went out for drinks and, you know, he was a nice guy and, uh, that was it and worked the next day. And then, uh, before he left, he, um, we we said to we thought oh, they think they're a bit cocky, you know, Sally and myself. Well, uh, they would have been. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They thought they were the bee's knees. Yeah. And um, she, um, I said to them, "How about we meet in London? You know, and we'll show you a bit of London, and when you come down." And and uh, I knew a guy who had a, a restaurant bar on the Thames. Sloop was called the Sloop John D. I thought I'd take them on there, which we did. Met them. And Tertius with Sally and I was it. And of course, uh, Jack ended up having to pay. And, uh, he, um, not that we normally, the English girls always went halves normally with boyfriends, but, um, Jack, which Jack was quite shocked at. But anyway, he paid and that was it. And, and then I started seeing him. A Were you bit. taken with him immediately? Well, Jackie, or did no. you find him a bit, oh. No, I didn't. I, I happened to be going out with somebody else at the oh, time. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. And um, but it wasn't anything particular. But it, um, yeah. And so I had to be a bit careful. And um, but then after sort of speaking with him, he was actually, you know, pretty down to earth and genuinely a nice person. We might come back to some of that with both Jack and Bob actually, because you can probably talk a bit to this, Catherine, and I'll come to you afterwards. From the outside, people saw gregarious particularly in their early parts of their career, always out, drinking, lads, all that sort of stuff. That wasn't 100% true, though, was it, Kat? Did you see a different side of both Jack and obviously Bob? Well, I think that, you know, when they went on the tour in England, it was about the time when Neil Coles was there. It was very staid. It was all navy blue and and sort of grey v-neck sweaters. Very golf. And very golf, very golf. And it was – it appealed to – that kind of demographic. And then Jack and Bob and a number of others came on tour, Ian Stanley. And when Jackie was saying about the purple socks, you know, they had often, they went through the Middle East. Not not the Middle East. They went through... They went through Hong Asia, Kong. Hong yeah. Kong yeah. and everywhere, and they had all these daft clothes made. Yes. You know, which looked absolutely ridiculous. Didn't Jack say once that he used to go to his curtain maker's place? Yes, he get, did. Get the curtain mm-hmm. fabric yeah. to make dresses. Yeah, and he actually, because they were so garish and out there compared to the other golfers, mm. we could claim it on tax. <laughs> oh, well, I never knew that one. <laughs> yeah. There's a loophole. Oh, there's there's a loophole. They couldn't wear them out normally. No, well, I don't know. I have to tell you. They think there was something else. Well, my first yeah. date with Bob, you know, I was <laughs> dating people in three-piece suits, you know, that had three fittings made to measure. And Bob came towards me. I was working and the girl I was working with 
put her hand up her face, said, nice fella, but you're going to have to do something about the way he dresses, you know. So I don't know. Bob's kind of got a bit confused with all of it there. He wore it socially and on the golf course. Yeah. yeah. No, you could you can claim it on tax because I made a lot of stuff for him but because I used to do dressmaking. Yeah. Okay. But uh, he just loved being different, but he wouldn't wear it normally out apart from on the golf course. Well, that must have been a hook they had because I remember Bob had two pairs of trousers. One was navy blue with pale blue stitching and the other was black with red stitching. And I was forever using stitching it up. I mean, I'm not a dressmaker like Jackie, but they must have thought, well, these girls can... You know. Well, were they right? You know. They, they were. You, you they know. Stood you, out. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> <laughs> they stood out. But it did. was weird. Uh, when, I met, Jack, when I met Jack and started going out with him eventually, properly, um, it was the first, I'd never been out with somebody blonde, although I had, you know, pictures up on my wall of blonde actors and things like that, you know, year for years, and they were all blonde, but I went, always went out with people taller than me, and Jack was always said he was taller than me, but... Well, you're very tall. I am tall. Yes. Tall and slender and still look. uh, Jackie told me earlier how old she is. I'm not going to reveal it, but (laughs) trust me, she doesn't look anything like, nor does (laughs) Kath, I might say. The two of them are quite amazing. But uh, he, uh, so, um, you know, it was strange to go outside. And then I found out that he was two years younger than me. That was even, you know, I thought. This is horrible. How did you tell weird. your mother? This is weird. <laughs> young and short. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and blonde. And, and Australian. Young short and blonde. And Australian, yeah, Australian yeah. of all things. Well, he was about the same height as me, but, you know, if I had heels on, um, it'd be, I was a bit taller. What was it like at the time? I mean, I have a picture in my mind of kind of early 70s London, England, and sort of, out of just out of the hippie area. And, and Jack it was a good era. What was it like travelling around and playing golf and – well, you weren't playing golf, obviously, yeah. but what was that like, living that lifestyle? Because that's before kids, yes, mortgages yes. and agents and yeah. Jack's accident, yeah. of course, and everything yes. that came from that, yeah. nearly won two majors, yeah. so kind of a superstar of golf. What was it like, that lifestyle? Well, for me, I was working nonstop. As while Jack was playing? While Jack was playing. So did you travel with him? No, not always, oh. no. And okay. so really um, – to be honest, after two years of going with him, going out with him, and that, I um, and he asked me to get married. I I felt that I didn't really know him properly okay. because you know he wasn't the type of guy that I was knocking on the door saying, "Would you like you know we go out for dinner?" You know that I'd used to. Um, he'd uh, he I'd see him some weeks. I'd go on tour with him. Uh, when I wasn't working, was it a fabulous the, time that you had? Was oh like yeah, a party, like I had a great party? time. Yes, yeah. and then um, and then, but other times, obviously, I was working in the same area, so I couldn't. Uh, you know, I was I was busy doing that. When when I eventually introduced him to my mother, she she was loved him, and and um, he eventually. I uh, oh, actually he wanted me to go to the Dutch Open, which was the first tournament over in Europe. Uh, after I met him. The Tour, of course, had started yes. in 1972, oh, yeah, it was didn't it? it big. Literally just, yeah. it was the first year of the yeah, European Tour. Yeah, it was. And he, um, anyway, he, uh, he we were, I remember I was working with Cathy down south. We were heading down to Cornwall or somewhere. And um, I said, you never believe it. I got a, uh, Jack, Jack um, wrote, because back then you didn't ring, you wrote letters. Uh, I said, Jack asked me to go to um, the Dutch Open with him. I said, oh, no, I've got to work, you know, no way. He said, well, you can give that away for the week. I said, well, I can't. I'm full-time with Rothmans on all their promotion work. 
And funnily enough, I did, and I did all, normally did all the press rooms at the events. So uh, the journos and the yeah. media. And then I eventually I worked at Wimbledon while I was with them um, at all the press there because they were so used, the tennis guys were so used to me at the events we ran. I worked at Wimbledon. But anyway. So just to put people in the picture, this was walking around giving away cigarettes was the job. Is that well, right? Well, I wasn't. No. No, I wasn't there, giving cigarettes but away. But there were. That, there yeah, was... we had kiosks depending on the yeah. event. Some places we might have only three or four girls and you'd you'd have a tennis tournament at the Albert Hall in the evening and we'd be all in long evening dress and you'd be handing cigarettes out through the boxes and things this like is that. staggering to think of today. Yeah. And, Unthinkable. Yeah, and we, but we never tried to persuade them to start. start smoking. If they said we don't smoke, you would walk away. Right. And it was to ask them to say change to our brand. Mind you, Jack's... Jack, Jack always smoked Benson and Hedges, and he never, ever could I get him to change. So that was disappointing. But anyway, he was a lifetime smoker, Jack, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Eventually, gave it up yeah. some years before he died. But um, he, uh, anyway, he asked me to go to the Dutch Open. I said, "No, I can't." And lo and behold, he won. He won it. Mm. Yeah, and um, it gave him the money. To, to travel and do the bits and pieces we want. He did a lot Was of travelling also with Dale uh, with um, Dale, Dale, Dale Hayes. Dale. Yeah. I've had Dale Hayes on the podcast yeah, and he Dale talked Hayes. about Jack very yeah. fondly. And he's, uh, they used to go go uh, travel together a lot. Yeah. Was the money good, Jackie? It wasn't great, so, no. no. Not no. like today, obviously. Oh, no. the money it actually today. changed. It started to change big time. After Jack's accident. So mid-80s, early yeah. 90s, we really saw yeah. the, the TV Greg yeah. Norman thing, yeah. then the Tiger Woods effect, yeah. obviously, after that. And so. he, um, yeah, so he did, he, uh, and then um, he came back and um, and then he won the, um, he won the, oh, the match play, not match play, the um, Benson Hedges uh, big tournament they had. Uh, oh, that was just before we got married. But Jack asked me if I'd go to Australia at the Christmas period and see if I liked Australia. For the Australian Summer of Tournaments? That yeah, was the, yeah. yeah. And um, my boss, John King, then, who who Jack knew, uh, he said, Jackie, you know, you're, you're mad if you don't go and take a month off and go back with him, which I did. Yeah. And uh, A bit like Bob and Kath. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> Things... Worked out. What do you remember mm. about those times, Kat? And did we hear stories of players travelling together at the yeah. time? Was that, did you guys all travel together? And was it you and Bob and Jackie and Jack? And did you sort of travel together as a group? How did it all work? Well, we didn't actually. And it's funny, we were quite friendly as we yeah. all were when we went to the States with Bruce Devlin and Gloria and Bruce Crampton and Joan. And they would tell us how they did all travel together. Oh. Uh, they would all stay in the same motel. They would all of an evening cook together and carry frying pans. And, and they thought that our life was very luxurious, oh, really? what we did. Right. You know, we were the next generation yeah. down. And, and now we can look and say, well, look what they're earning now. And people said, was it relevant? I said, it, it was and it wasn't. Because what they played for, you couldn't buy, even if you won, it would give you maybe a deposit on a house, just maybe. Then the next generation after us, us, as Jackie said, you could buy the house with the winnings. Mm. So it it was relative and not relative. And when Jackie was saying the travelling, both – she was the boss. She's been my boss twice. And and I can tell you – 
she was difficult. She was very difficult at times. I just, <laughs> I just can't believe you've ever had a boss of any well, sort. Of well, they think they're the boss, but yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> she was. And um, but we were both used to travelling, so I think for both of us, packing a suitcase yeah. wasn't difficult. Right. You know, you know, you only. But when we were on the road, or, or I know that I travel with Bob. Just for luck, I never emptied the suitcase. <laughs> Everything kept on the bottom because. There were two cuts then. There was a Friday cut and a Saturday cut. So you weren't safe on a Saturday. You had to be ready to go. And when they phoned up and said, we're off, you better have those suitcases by the door ready to go, which saved you pain. Another, It was always best if they played late early because if they called you early enough, you didn't have to pay for another night's hotel. On the Saturday, on the Friday mm. night. The extraordinary things to think of. This is going to sound like a ridiculous question. What role did golf play in all of this for you? Obviously, golf is what Bob and Jack are doing mm. for work. Mm. What was the role of golf for you, Captain? Did you have any interest in the game? Did you go out and watch it? Do you? Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the yeah. interest yeah. was that, I mean, they were there and it was, it was a revelation to me. I never knew a golfer. I come from London like Jackie does. I mean, I had a cousin that we viewed with great suspicion because he played golf. You know, the rest of us were working. I'm working class. Proper work, not, proper, playing, go- not proper playing golf work. and getting paid. And proper if you work. didn't have two or three jobs, my grandmother would read the Hackney Gazette and say, there's a good job for you. And I used to say, Nan, I'm working three. I can't fit it in. But once... You're out there. I mean, what's not to like? Mm. They're playing. If you if you just and Bob was excellent at good play and bad play. It kind of, of course, he wasn't pleased. Mm. But I think the Australians were very good at understanding that. Don't get miserable. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's part of the key to being good at golf, isn't it? Yeah. 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 They, they came off. That they, yeah. From they it. came off, and then they were they golf's were, done yeah. for the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Jack would normally go straight to the driving range, and um, if he hadn't played well, or even if he had played well, you know, he he did, he did do a lot of work out there. Uh, what about you, Jackie? Before you met Jack, what was your sort of knowledge or relationship with golf? Did you know anyone who played? Yeah, my dad. My dad played golf at Dulwich. And London, where we where we lived. So you have heard the names of famous golfers yeah, over the years, yeah, and watched a bit of the Open yeah. and some of those sorts. And of uh, he played. And actually, when we were really young, we'd go. My bro- older brother and I would go uh, out on the golf course, and um, we'd climb through. They had wire fencing onto places that were bordering, and we'd climb through where the, the balls had gone. People had. So, you know, not thrown, but hit golf balls and couldn't get through. And we'd find a way of getting through. And if we found a golf ball, we'd, we'd, if it was a good golf ball, we got a shilling. And if it was a bad golf ball, I got sixpence, you know. Indeed. From the outside, golf looks, and international golf looks really glamorous and all the rest. So, what did you see about golf and what it took for both Jack and Bob to be successful, Jackie? Because that's Uh, the bit I think that most people, they don't see and don't think about. No. I mean, I think Jack put the, he did put, he might have been, he loved having a drink, mm-hmm. and and that was the great thing back then on the tour. All the boys used to get together and have a drink, and after, whereas it became a big, in, very much of an individual sport eventually in America, where people um, it was always an individual sport, but back in America they um, they didn't want to go and have a drink. Uh, it was all you know. Whereas in England, as long as it was. Um, 
it wasn't a men-only bar, you know. It was in Australia. It was worse, actually, because it was a men-only bar in a lot of places. A lot of the golf clubs, you mean? Yeah, the golf yeah. clubs and the hotels, you know. But um, it's, amazing, sorry, it's amazing to think this stuff was like less than a generation yeah, ago, no, isn't it? It's crazy. It's unthinkable and they in this didn't, day and They didn't really cater for the women, and they certainly didn't cater for the children that the women might have if you got married. Under my next question, which was, you know, yeah. were you included in any way in how the tour operated? Um, no, not really. Not, not really. We were just the wife, and I mean, yeah. obviously, I, I we knew I knew the press people because obviously I'd been working in all the press, you know, and markets for years, of and course. the um, and also the you know the the British Open. I worked at that in the press room and everything, so I knew the you know what happened behind the scenes. But but um, yes, it was it was very much. We'd have our golf stick. Oh, the cane that opens up as a seat. Yeah, yeah. as a seat and an umbrella, yeah, a golf lovely. umbrella. And I've still got mine actually in the shed out the back. And we'd just walk around with that. And uh, uh, it wasn't until we had children that we had to find the other ways of doing it. But um, that's what we did. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did enjoy the game of golf. I didn't ever particularly want to play it. And uh, do you, uh, did you ever no, play No, I, <laughs> I used to because both my children, our children played and um, they'd take me to the driving range or I'd take them and then we'd hit balls and jack and and they'd say, Mum, it's not difficult. Just stand there and swing and hit the ball and I'd miss it. You know, I almost put my shoulder out doing it and uh, and they say, Mum, it's not difficult. I go, I am not going to be a golfer and <laughs> I don't really want it. I'd like you to do the golf and I'll be a good watcher. Yeah, that's exactly so right. I was Thanks the good watcher. And uh, it was not till later, I know, when Jack was Jack was playing golf and we were with a friend and he wasn't playing much golf at the end. And a dear friend of ours, he was a club pro, and he said to me, Jackie, you know, Sue, my wife, plays and I'm going to teach you and we're going to go away on golfing holidays. I said, I'm sorry to disillusion you, Tony, but we are never going to go on golfing holidays and you are never going to teach me how to play golf. We'll go on holiday, but not playing golf. If it's and golf, it's not it. a holiday, is it? No, well, it isn't. <laughs> no, of course not. I'd lived all my life with of golf. Were you Jack's travel agent, the way Kath told us she was essentially yeah. Bob's travel agent? Yeah. Did you look take it? And was that the normal thing, sort of as a partnership, one person would organise travel I think if stuff, you or? were, definitely if you were when you were married, it would have been that. Yeah. I mean, he did it before, obviously, but how he ever got to the planes on time, I don't know. But we <laughs> never missed a plane when he was with me, so all good. I guess what I was getting at before, I remember Bob told us that you know, despite what people said, he would spend so much time practicing and working on his yeah, game. And they did. People sort of Both thought, the boys, it was Jack yeah. the same? Yeah. What do you think that drive is? I'll ask you first, Jack. Yeah. You, Kathy, because to meet both Bob and Jack, who I did a bit, I don't pretend I was great mates, yeah. they didn't seem driven on the outside. Oh, they were. That You can't do what they did if you're no, not, can you? He was very driven. Yeah, he, as, as I said, he was often the last round on the, uh, the driving range or putting or whatever he whenever he could and he and before you know especially you know sometimes in the states he'd he'd, he'd need a sh- he'd need a shower before he played he'd been hitting golf balls in the heat you know so he definitely was driven in practicing he didn't just think he could just go out there and play because he was gifted jack, oh he was he? yeah uh, everybody who played in the yeah, year when he was, was a junior said yeah. jack was yeah, jack no. pop standard is the other one that people say yeah. extraordinary to no he was a, he was a good talent yeah, just amazing. But, um, and his father could have been 
a world champion, to be honest. But coming from Cessnock, you know, early on, and then he became a policeman in Sydney. Which ruled you out of a lot of the elite clubs, didn't it? Yeah. If you were a policeman yeah. or a priest or yeah. a politician. Or even a Poe. Even a, yeah, and a Poe. Poe, you couldn't yeah, that's join exactly a club. Right. Um, Jack eventually joined, um, he was with Belmont and Newcastle when we lived in Newcastle. But, yeah, he... Um, Jack's father used to win, you know, if it wasn't Jack, it was Jack, uh, Jack right. Senior. They were a formidable pair in Penedith. Oh, yeah. And his mother was a good golfer. She started playing quite a, a lot when she stopped working. Yeah. Got a story about Meg, which I'll share with you yeah. a bit later, which yeah. you might enjoy about Meg yeah. and Jack. What about Bob Cath? Like Jack, you'd meet him. You wouldn't expect that he was a guy who's up early practicing and then out late at the driving range. But he was, wasn't he? And mm. where do you think that drive, where does that come from? You would, you two obviously know these two better than he anybody. He wasn't. Well, Bob wasn't, I really? don't think, as driven as Jack. Right. No. I think Jack was far more driven than Bob. Right. Um, Bob, of course, practised and, of course, you know, put in the yards, not the hard yards. Um, we talked about this at the time, I think, didn't yeah, we, where we thought whether, yeah. whether Bob perhaps underachieved. Yes, I think I think, I think in yeah. later years <laughs> he, he realised he did. Um, and it wasn't that he was lazy. It was just that he had a formula that he wanted to follow. And I can remember where Jack would go out and practice and I can remember that Bob would go out and if he scored, you know, they were great mates. One did well one day, one did well the other day and, and Jack would also didn't practice and he shot that, you know, or he viewed it that way. He just didn't practice as hard as Jack. And that was just the personality, you know, just it, different personalities. And I think that's why... They were, you know, such lovely friends. Mm. And um, I'm thinking about Jack, Jackie. He was a very blunt. You were never in any doubt about what Jack's opinion was about anything, ever. And it wouldn't matter who you were, from no. the President of the US to <laughs> people at the yeah. club, he'd tell you what he thought. I wonder, have you any thoughts about where that personality comes from? I've always found Jack intriguing because he was – Simultaneously, yeah. the laid-back, laconic Shane yeah, Warne, yeah. and that driven Tiger Woods character, all bundled up into mm. one, and somehow pulled it off. Mm. And it also, he was very simple in how he. If somebody asked him, you know, some of the other boys, the younger boys, would ask him things on the fact he would give them a simple answer. He wouldn't sort of tell them heaps of things to do. He'd give them one thing to change or a couple of things. That's the most. And I think that was important too. He was very good at that. But um, he was, he was, he seemed to have the two. He seemed to be able to, his, his father was like that though. Right. He, his father didn't practice like Jack, but he is. Um, I never met Jack Senior, but I always had the feeling yeah. that perhaps there was something about that relationship yeah. that made Jack the way yeah. he was. No, he, he was a very, uh, you know, lovable person, very well liked. He ended up as Crown Sergeant at Balmain and. And, um, you know, so it, it was, he was, he was a, a very likable, cheeky smile and get away with everything. And indeed, yeah, <laughs> did, did indeed get away with everything, as you, as you say. I want to ask about, uh, tournament winning and what happens inside the tent when somebody wins a tournament. We know that Bob won the Australian Open in 82, I'm going to say, mm. which is a famous victory. Jack won the Australian Open in 79 and a couple of times in Europe also. Kath, I want you to start. What happens when Hubby wins a tournament, which is what his life's work has been about with the inner circle? Well, I you know, I don't think it was different 
it's very hard when you're on the tour and one day is great. And I always knew if Bob had played well, he would be later at the golf course. If he didn't play well, he would come home earlier. The 82 Open, he didn't like the Australian. He didn't like the golf course at all after Jack Nicklaus had changed it. And when he went, I wasn't with him. That's why you were. He said, I'll be home. I'll be home on Friday. He said, I just don't like the, I don't like the setup. I don't like it didn't suit his game. He didn't thought that it suited his game. And, um, they paired him with Jack, didn't they? They paired him with Jack three days. And he had to be a grown-up is what he told And he us. had to be a grown-up and Jack Nicholas gave him some of his balls and Bob always thought that Jack Nicholas, even back then, got the best balls yeah. that came out. They were wound <laughs> the tightest, they were graded yeah. the best. Probably right. Too. And that was it. And he thought, but put the combination together and he knew. And Bob always played well when he played with somebody that could play. If he played with a couple of guys that were just mediocre, that didn't suit him at all. When he knew he had to come to the party, he could come to the party. Lift for the big occasion. He'd lift for the big occasion, but for the rest, mm. he'd lollygag around and... You know, but there was a great atmosphere when he won. Maybe not so much at home, although we were very jubilant mm. and we liked it. But we had, if there, if ever there was a tournament in Melbourne, we entertained on the Sunday right. night, win, yeah. lose or draw. Yeah. Everybody came. Hotel Shearer. Hotel Shearer. And it only made a difference that I would have to, you know, I would go home at the end. Bob would be in the bar and I knew by about half past eight, nine o'clock, they'd all descend. Be ready. Be ready at home, yeah. So Bob won in America as well. Yes, what was yeah. That like because that's a long way from home. That's a totally different set of circumstances. I can't imagine you had Hotel Shira in the states. Or no, did we you? didn't. Well, funny enough, we had Hotel Baytree. Both Jackie and I, when the guys got their cards, we both went to um, South Carolina. And Jackie and I both lived in South Carolina. Well, Jackie and Jack and Bob and I lived there. And it was funny because they both had a group of people around them. Uh, Bob had a group of friends at Baytree and Jack had a group of friends and they would play. And, of course, they loved the both boys being home because they'd bet against one another and big bets. So American friendship. American friendship. So you had that kind of – when Bob won in Tallahassee, the mayor flew down in his plane and from Myrtle Beach and a, a group that had right. watched Bob play. And then when Jack went, it was the same thing. His group came down. So th- they were – people were attracted to them because of who they were. Also, they could play. Yeah, well, that's but a, that, <laughs> that's the whole point, you know. And I read somewhere it said, you know, if a golfer goes to heaven back then, it goes to Myrtle Beach. And that's where we were living. So, yeah, of course, is there any other square yeah, kilometre on earth? I think it is. It's crazy. I, I, I don't so. think – I think you must realise that, you know, they were playing then. I was on the tour one year, 42 weeks. So they were playing week after week after week. Mm. So you couldn't afford to be miserable mm. on one week because you were tinning up the next mm. week. If you hadn't made the cut, then you had to pre on the Monday. So it was a profession. It was a job. You were serious when you need to be serious and fun when you Mm. weren't. And Bob would always say, Mr. Cup, well, we're, you know, we're in next week or, 
It it was, you know, yeah, this no, when they say, you know, I'm only playing 19 weeks this year. Yeah. I think, what are they doing the rest of the time? I mean, in England, spending their money. With my family. Yeah. They almost mm. hear the family thinking, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. In England, yeah. I mean, they were paid automatically every week, you know, but it, uh, and they didn't, they played back then. They played, um, uh, started on a Wednesday and finished on a Friday. You didn't play golf on a Sunday. Saturday, finished on a Saturday. Sorry, Wednesday finished Saturday, on a Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. They don't didn't play no, golf no. on a Sunday, and that's why we ended up getting married on a Sunday. It was, but also on the Sunday they did all the variety ones, so that's when we went to the variety show. Oh, okay. Poems, right. and yeah, you'd play with people like Sean Connery and oh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Talbuck and um, what's his name, the little guy, Roddy Corbett. Yeah, he became a really good friend of ours because we'd always – I remember Jack and I drove in the car park one day behind them, him, and he got out of his car and he went to get something out of the boot and he was in a massive big, you know, Rolls Royce and he went to put the boot up and he got stuck on the boot and he's hanging with his hand on the boot <laughs> and his feet are off the ground and we're in the car <laughs> cracking ourselves with laughter. You you imagine if we'd had mobile phones then. Oh, That's you a viral ma- video oh, right that, there, Ronnie Corbett hanging a- from Absolutely. The I can still see him now. Mm. You must have met – both of you must have met some famous people, not yeah. just golfers over time. Golf attracts, doesn't it, all the celebrities yeah. and people from other sports. It's the thing that mm. footballers do when yeah. they're not playing football. You mentioned sort of Ronnie Corbett. <laughs> Who else did you sort of – did Jack hang with any of those sort of people? And the same question about Bob. Did you? Oh, yeah, we did. We saw them a lot and uh Bruce Forsyth was another one that always used to play in the tournaments and some of the jockeys and um yeah and uh, actually another thing when Cathy was talking about some of the the, the senior golfers to ours the next stage uh we were sort of back from like your Tom Wisecoffs and your Jack Nicholases and people like that and the Gary players Jack used to always find Jack and we became very good friends with them for all the time we were there and uh, and he played in the practice round because he'd see things that Jack did yeah. and he would try them after he'd seen them in the practice round and they'd often have a game you know Jack would say oh, I'll well how about you get Tom and I'll get somebody and we'll come out in the uh, you know practice round and uh, they'd have a comp you know, famously they did at the 1975 Open. Exactly. We'll come back to that. That's we'll, right. We'll talk You're a right. bit about I that. Know that. <laughs> <laughs> Been around the game. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Kathy? Did Bob run with the celebrities? A laconic character and an outgoing guy, but a more reserved character than Jack is how I would describe. Oh, Bob. absolutely. Bob was never interested in running with the you know celebs, and mm-hmm. uh, but Jack Nicholas was one apart because he mm-hmm. would seek out you more than you would seek out him which was a difference but Bob had a standing uh, with a standing practice round him and Ian Stanley with Ronnie Shade, Harry Bannerman Mm. and they would bet and that was their set that they used to do so he was more what shall I say contained Uh and Jack was always much more Hollywood than Bob ever was you know he was there a year before um Bob ever went over Jack went over I think he he was sponsored over there when he first went the very first year he was there yeah um and he was kind of the leader of what was going on and and he was attracted more to the 
to yeah. the personalities and maybe they were more attracted to him. Bob didn't mind the limelight, but Jack was very happy in the yeah. room. Yes, yeah, he very much. Be, he, he, he was, yeah. he was, comf- he was comf- comfortable yeah. in that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, yeah, Bob was never sought yeah. anybody of any great name, although, as I say, there, there were a couple and they were, mm. you know... When we were in the States, it was Dana Quigley and, and, you know, just a group that he liked to run with there. He's a player's player, Bob, wasn't a pl- he? Yeah. Very yeah. much and a player's I think player. somebody said that to me. He was a player's player. Yeah. Jack didn't sort the – he didn't want to meet them because they were so – No, 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 no. They actually Would sort be drawn him. to him. Yeah. It's a chain worn thing, I think. It's, it's, it's weird, yes. I mean, uh, Jeff Lewis, the famous jockey, you know, over there, uh, he and his wife, he was married to an Australian girl. And things like that. And, and of course, Jack was a mad keen sports lover. Well, yeah, sure and, and horses. And loved all sports. And, and we horses, had horses. Horse was Bob a sports lover? Uh, Bob was a, a great fan of. Uh, he loved. He loved the cricket, um, yeah, but Jack. Aussie Rules because Bob played Aussie Rules. He played for Victoria. Boy, Victoria wasn't it? You can't avoid Absolutely, it. Absolutely, he was the Aussie, and that was his love. And and perhaps those of that era, he would play with the Aussie Rules players at Southern. He would always go crazy when they'd turn up in jeans and, and not with a collared shirt and he'd, he'd, that would make him nuts. Take all you know, Sean because, Connery if yeah, somebody from Essendon yeah. turned up at Southern. No, 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 no. Well, it was always the Collingwood players. It was Trevor Barker that was our neighbour around the corner. Uh-huh. Him from St Kilda. And they were, the, they were the group that Bob liked to be with, you know. That he felt comfortable the, with, didn't hmm? he? He felt comfortable with them. Yeah, but I think Bob felt comfortable with anybody. Yeah. He didn't fear anybody. No, no, but no, no, he, no. he just, you know, if they were he didn't there, didn't shy away from the limelight, but never sought it. No, no, never sought it. No, he just, he just liked to play mm. his own game. He loved Southern, you know, to the day he died. That was his home from home. And pie and a pot. Uh? Wednesdays was it? You know, it was Tuesdays. Pie no, pie? he played. No, 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 no. Monday. Monday. Monday morning, Monday morning, Monday morning <laughs> yes, pot and something or pot the other. A, pot and a pie. And yeah, something or the other, pot and a pie, that's it. And a, and a red wine, he used to slip in as well. And then Wednesday, uh, Thursday and Saturday, he wouldn't miss a Saturday. And uh, actually, he missed the Saturday before he died. Mm. They were playing foursomes. He didn't like, didn't foursomes, like foursomes, and he didn't half a he golf felt, game. Yeah, so I'm not going to play, which was yeah. unusual. But he was, he had, he was ready for the Monday. Right, I never made the Monday. Right up until that's mm. amazing. Right up golf until that, yeah. Mm. Golf's a funny game competitively, Kath, mm. where you compete against, but not directly. Everybody else in the field. You ultimately only compete against yourself, professionally. Well, Bob, Bob would never have that. He said you play on the golf course. Right, yeah. that's right. Unless it's match play. Mm. You would never have anything, you know. So anybody who plays golf knows this. You can be playing on a Wednesday with your mate and every time mm. the top's one you laugh at him mm. and you hate it. Mm. But when he plays well, you can't help but sort of want to cheer him on. It's an odd thing, even though you're kind of playing against mm. them. What's it like at the professional level? So Jack and Bob are playing a tournament and Jack's playing well and Bob's not or Bob's playing well and Jack's not. Is there any impact at all beyond that or is that just work and you two never think about it? Um, I think that I like to think uh, Bob was never envious and it always amazed me and it was something I would ponder and admire. I don't think Bob ever in the 50 years nearly we were together, he never once had, I don't think he had an envious bone in his body, he never wanted to be anybody else but himself and I think that carried on. Of course, you have to think, you know, if you're, if you're on the land to, uh, 
you know, not making it the following year. You have to think, well, God, I've got to move myself. But he, Bob always sort of said, it's it's me and the golf course. And he always said, well, the putt's going to go in or not go in. He couldn't understand all this dangling about and dangling, looking at the left, looking at the right. He says, it's going in or not going in, move on. One Slow my, play drove him crazy as well. One yeah. of favourite ever sayings is all putts are a 50-50 proposition. They're either mm. going to go in mm. or they're not. Mm. Forget about all this Absolutely. two feet, three feet, four feet. It's, mm. it's 50-50. Absolutely. It's going in or it's not going in. Yeah, that's yeah. It. yeah. Tiff Tough Hybrid Bermuda means less work and more play. Tough by name and by nature, this turf variety supplied exclusively by Lawn Solutions Australia is the perfect choice for your home lawn. With superior drought tolerance, speedy recovery and toughness, Tiff Tough really is the smart grass. For more information and to find your nearest accredited supplier, head to lawnsolutionsaustralia.com.au. What was Jack like about this? Did you ever talk much about golf or oh, his yes, thoughts on the did. game? Or? Yes, he did. But I think he just, um, when, he let, when he finished playing golf, he obviously learned. He did actually learn again with one arm, but um, he didn't go back to playing as much as he he was. Obviously, um, plus he was involved in so many other things, so he was working, but he wasn't necessarily playing golf all the time. Finally, too busy for golf. He was too busy. Yeah, indeed. and because uh, there was so many, uh, actually, it was weird. A lot of people when we had the memorial service. And they went through all his life. He, the, what he succeeded in after his accident was seemed greater than when he was doing his golf. Although he succeeded in his golf too, you know, he won in America and he won this and did this. But um, uh, what he did after with the Junior Golf Foundation, the golf course designing, the you know, um, so much, and we used to run this big celebrity tournament, you know. We're in our 43rd year this year. Anybody who knows anything about golf in Australia would readily admit that Jack's contribution to the game is yeah. unlikely to be surpassed, I would think, yep. any time. Certainly Even in the though near I future. was married to him, I agree yeah. totally. Yeah. I think he's given back and not made money out of it. No, no, no. He's given back. You've skipped ahead there, Jackie, and it's not the elephant in the room, but you can't talk about Jack and his career without talking about the accident. In 1983, if anybody doesn't know, walked into a plane propeller, lost his right arm, his right eye. Yeah. Could – probably should have died, it might be said. Yeah. I'll get your thoughts on your memories of that time, which I've no doubt you've been asked about plenty of times and you've no doubt recounted the story many times. I want to hear what you remember about that time too, Kath, being – I would imagine one of Jackie's, if not her best friend, here in Australia, the two of you being transplanted from England. But tell us what your memories of of what happened then, Jackie, and the the sort of the aftermath. Yeah, he well, we, obviously we. Um, you weren't there, were you? No, I wasn't, and we were only back. We had two children. We had Christy, who was born in Who's Australia, with us just over at the yes, bench there, here. keeping an eye on things. She's, um, and um, she was four. Um, and uh, five, actually, and Clint, Clint was two, just turned two, and um, who was born in America, in Myrtle Beach. And um, we were back here because Christy was starting school, and Jack always wanted his children to go to school in Australia. 
And and I agreed. You know, I said uh, I'd rather go there than stay in America, and play, you can play all the other tour because he'd done well, and we, you know, we had we were able to do that and financially, financially to decide what he yeah. wanted to do. That and yeah. we'd bought a house at, like in um, Newcastle Lake Macquarie, mainly so we could go fishing, <laughs> and also for the first four years, I said I'm not having any children for four years. I want to get to know you, and that's what happened. Um, we toured together in America. We went to America. We toured there, and and then when we had Christy, I said it's time we had you know a home. Uh, so I've got some tape wet place to go, a couple yeah, of weeks home. a year, yeah. yeah. And we had the home in in Australia, but um, yeah, he um, anyway he he used to go down to watch the AFL, would you be? Although he was a mad rugby league supporter. Well, Swans um, were reasonably new then in Sydney, weren't they? they just transplanted new, yeah. from the boys Melbourne. Were it was support, a big deal. Yeah, supporting them down in Sydney. And they used to go with a friend who um, had a light aircraft. And um, he, uh, they went down on the plane. There was probably six of them. And um, went to the, see the Swans game and uh, left. And it was that particular night. It was raining. Uh, heavily. So much detail, but I, I know that the, there's been contention about the accident. There was yeah. a long time legal case. I don't yeah. need you to go into the details yeah. if you no, don't no. want to, but. No, no. And, and I, and, and, but then there was, on the, where the small planes landed, you could literally walk on. Just walk onto the runway. Yeah. And suddenly afterwards, there were big fences up, but, of um, um, and the taxis, there were no taxis. And anyway, Jack eventually, some of the boys had a taxi and, and, um, Jack, uh, and this other guy came in last. And unfortunately, when they got there, um, as I said, it was dark, raining, and the, the, the person in the car, the wife of somebody off, offered to, um, give them a lift. And, um, she was asking him about d- donating something for a charity and she, he was still sitting there and the guy started the plane because a few of the boys were wanting to get home yeah, yeah. to see the thing. And uh, anyway, he saw and he ran to try and stop it and uh, didn't see the propeller going round. And luckily uh, the pl- pilot was uh, stopped, the, stopped it, but it was too late. And Jack was waving his right arm, and it did. It took his right arm off up near the shoulder, uh, just below the shoulder, went through his face, uh, losing his eye, right eye, and straight through his middle in his intestine. And they didn't give him – actually, they rang rang me in Newcastle and said, you know, we doubt he'll be alive when you get here. So who was they? How did you find out about um, I heard through um, Aero Pelican that we used to get the planes down to Sydney back then because you couldn't fly out of Newcastle. That was RAF stuff. Yeah. And um, one of the, obviously the pilots, we used to go down there a lot. One of the pilots told a friend of ours and they came over and knocked on the door and I was home with the children actually sewing and uh, – um, and the kids were asleep and they said, you've got to, you've got to, you know, we've got to take you down. So one of the boys took me down and, um, drove me down and the others, the other couple stayed and looked after the kids for a couple of days. Everything must be a blur when something like that happens. I yeah, imagine, it is. Jackie. Mercifully, most of us will never get news yeah. like that, but it would be surreal. Well, it was the fact that I didn't know 
what I was going to, and um, and also um, whether he'd be dead or alive. And when I got there, um, he was in the the very strong, heavy, in, uh, you know, ICU, um, intensive care, and um, they, you know, what happened at the actual. Luckily. The three people that were on call that had to deal with him, one was Professor Hollows, who Fred Hollows, Fred Hollows, yeah, yeah, and who was a good friend of ours eventually, and used to always walk into the ICU with a long um, mohair jumper that would, you know, those ones that yeah. used to stretch all yeah, the way yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a pipe in his mouth. He wasn't on, but he'd <laughs> no, no, to annoy the nurses. Yeah, he was another character. Oh, too, he was, absolutely. And his wife, well, they weren't married then. And another who did amazingly yeah. good oh, he things did. for the world. And continuing yeah, on, too. For the whole world, yeah. And, um, he, uh, and a, a Jim Neal, Dr. Jim Neal, who was a golfer, he was a, a, um, a member at, uh, the Australian. And he'd been out playing that day, but he was on call. And uh, I can't remember the guy for his arm, but he, I always remember him telling me, he said, look, Jackie, I've done the best I could with the nerve endings on his arm. And Professor Hollows actually sorted his you know, eye out and also uh, stitched his whole face up right across. His face, wow. his top of his nose, down past his mouth. I can't imagine the injuries that are playing for oh. cause. And uh, he he actually um, uh, never had plastic surgery. Really? Um, wow. That's never. amazing. Which is amazing. A testament to Fred Yeah, Lose, it is. Isn't it? Incredible. And Jim Neal was the one that had to save his life, basically. So Somebody uh, up there was looking down, you'd have I to think, think in some ways, wouldn't you? Yeah, he had another call. And I always said to him, through his life, he, he got that many things. I mean, he he got, um, what do you call it? Um, Men- oh, he got meningococcal later in life, but uh, he got septicemia. Right. Uh, so when he was in hospital, and he got that in hospital, and they had to open his stomach up again and let it, let it be open. Breathe. And I used to sit there every day and watch his stomach oh, dear, actually heal. Wow. Amazing. That's, <laughs> no, it was amazing what amazing the body can do. Yeah, but, absolutely. you know, what I did the first day I saw Jack, and he was in the intensive care with one other person, uh, and his family was there, and it was a young guy, and he was a, a garbo. <laughs> and he'd... It was when the boys used to have to get the tr- run you know, behind, like, the yeah, and, pick up the and jump on the back yeah, and yeah. put it down. And he'd fallen off the back and been hit by a car. Oh, and he well, didn't have any damage to himself, but he was unconscious. He was he he, he a brain injury, brain injury, and he never regained. In fact, his we used to bump into his um, his brother uh, many many years because he worked at the, the airport. And whenever we saw him, we say, "How's he going? How's he going?" He said, "Oh, you know, he's been, he's in a house now next to my parents, and he's got a nurse, full time nurse." I think it was like twenty five years later he died. Wow! All that time, just- and I tell you what, the all the family used to come in every day and sit there, and I'd go, "Well, I'm sitting with Jack, and he's completely bandaged up all over," and um, I just. I thought to myself, how lucky am I? 
you know, what am I doing, you know, worried when, yes, I don't know if he's going to live or die, but for some weeks after, because he was on the ventilator, you know, but they, the chance of him waking up probably could be nil. And they still came in every day. Hope for them. No, no hope whatsoever. And um, anyway, eventually um, I didn't let the children come in. Nobody could come in and see him apart from his mother and father. And uh, Was Jack awake at any point? He did wake up eventually. Right. Yeah. And uh, he could speak eventually when they took the ventilator off. But again, they didn't know whether he was going to survive after they took it off. But... um, he, uh, it was amazing, really. And I must say, I want to give good credit to the doctors and also the people that protected us from the pub, from the papers. The media, the media was horrific. And we did not have one photo taken apart from the one when we came out of hospital. Yeah. I did the press, a couple of press things and, um, and Jack didn't. And funny enough, I, I looked online one day and I saw some pictures, supposedly Jack, on his site, and I had to get permission to write to the people who did this, and it wasn't him. And I'd just taken some pictures from elsewhere yeah, and said this was yeah. Jack. In there. Very, very suspicious, because if kids had got on it, you could push on the site and it would go to the most horrific accidents. Oh, God. And they'd done it illegally. You know, you anyway, what's wrong with us as a species sometimes, don't you? So anyway, he did survive, thank God. Um, we were there many weeks. When The first time I took the children in was on Christy's birthday, her fifth birthday, and um, she uh, and my, my mother-in-law said, no, don't, you can't. You know, he's in, still in, but he wasn't in, he was in intensive care, but there was a lot of people, a lot more people. I said, Mum, he, he's got to see them, you know, he needs to see mm. the children. And I said, they won't see anybody else. And, you know, they got there and there was Clint <laughs> crawling all over his stomach that had all these tubes and it was all sort of, uh, you Kids. know. Yeah. <laughs> they and perspective. Like never, that. never said a word about anything and uh, never saw anybody else in there. And it was the best thing that I did yeah. for them to see Cl- Christy and Clint. Yeah. And, uh and he eventually, he always, we always used to look out of the window at the hospital at uh, Prince of Wales and there was a pub across the road and he said, one day I'm going to go over there and we're going to have some lunch with the boys and have a drink. And he did. That's where we went the first time. <laughs> I can imagine it would have made a yeah. pay line for yeah, us as soon good. as he could walk. <laughs> Kath, what do you remember about that time? You must have been, I would imagine, very important to Jackie. There were messages coming in from all over the world. Jack Nicholas, I know, sent a video message. Yeah. Golfers around the world, Seve Biasteros, Neymar. Uh, High-profile golfer. You were, I would imagine, were you here in Australia at the time when it happened? And what's your recollection? We we were in the States. You were in the US. We were in the US. Yeah, you were, because they didn't come over. Right. We came back to put You came back for early. other reasons. Yeah, yeah. And, and we were in the US because I, I was very clear when you were talking about it where I was, and then I thought... Maybe I've got it wrong, but I can remember exactly where I was. I can mm. remember taking the phone call. I can remember. Who rang you? Who, who let you know? Can you remember? Who rang us? And then what do you do from the other side of the world? Because now you've got that awful conundrum, have you? Should I ring, or has Jackie got enough to worry about without? Well, me I know I did. I know I didn't ring. I didn't ring because it was such early. Somebody called us. Um, a mutual friend called to say. 
Jack's had a terrible accident. And do you know, it's funny what you can remember. I remember the bed linen. I was in the, <laughs> I was in the bedroom and I remember this lemon bed linen. Why, why? Strange things happen in your mind. And I said, but what do you mean? I kept saying, and, and Bob said, what's happened? What's happened? And we were just, we just... It was just unbelievable. It's a it was a surreal feeling that yeah. surreal. I mean, nothing like what Jack had. About, but what do we do? Then there was well, what do we do? And how do we find out? And then you know, Bob started making phone calls. Have you heard anything? Anybody connected? Do you know what it is? Is he because, as Jackie said, I mean, there wasn't a lot of hope of survival in the in the early stages. And then then we heard that. Um, the pilot, he never would have lived had the pilot not turned the engine on and instead of it going clockwise, it was going anti-clockwise, it, it had slowed down because he saw him running, Ronnie saw him running towards the plane and it had slowed down. We knew and we didn't know yeah. and you don't, you're kind of in silence. Well, you've got and internet. You've got no, no Zoom, internet. No we Skype, didn't have no. mobile Text phone. Message. No, 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 no mobile we, phone. We had a phone beside the bed because yeah. yeah. I remember picking up the phone, and I was beside mm. the phone, and it was in the middle of the night. It was, you know, it was funny mm. communication. Mm. Yeah. Actually, and, one of the boys, one of the boys mm. that was in the plane, he was just uh, one of the top surf guys at one of the beaches, and he literally basically saved his life there with the. By the pressure on him, pressure on him, yeah, and cuddling him uh, because he lost every little bit of his blood, yeah, mm, mm, yeah. Mm, mm. And the aftermath was quite because now we're in the states, yes. and now it's filtering through what's happened. So we spent an enormous amount of time. Everybody would be coming to you to get everybody coming, yeah. and, yeah. and how's Jackie and all of well, Jackie was you, you couldn't contact Jackie. I mean, I wouldn't have contacted Jackie. All of her strength and energy was where it needed to be, you know. And I knew the children would be taken care of. And then we were like the person that were. Have you heard anything? Have you heard anything today? Have you heard anything tomorrow? And this went on for quite some mm. time. It. it I felt that it made Bob ill at one point. I was going to say, how did Bob react? Because <laughs> Bob, Bob became quite ill with the news. Yeah. He was. He could not. Couldn't probably couldn't comprehend. He it. couldn't you know, comprehend. Yeah. And he it was just so out of the blue too. Wasn't it? it was so sudden and so out of the blue. And so bizarre that I think it. In a it, car yeah. accident. Uh, yeah, or, uh, yeah, yeah. Fell off a ladder yeah. or got and hit I, by a horse. Yeah, it had to be different. Yeah. You see, I know. I always, I know. I always <laughs> said to him. I always said to him, you know, Dal, <laughs> with all the things you've had through your life, God. You, you're too. You're not. You're not good enough to go to heaven. Right. You know, he keeps he, he keeps chucking you back at me. I can't get rid of you. <laughs> like and you know fish. what? <laughs> you know when he died, two minutes into Good Friday. Really? And I turned to Christian. I said, "See, God now loves him. He's taking <laughs> he's taking yeah. him up there. Yeah, yeah. at last I got yeah. rid of him. No joke. You know, but oh uh, yeah, yeah. It, we used to always have that laugh about it. I know it was one time when Bob didn't play golf. Mm. Right. He stopped playing for a while. And that was that was the biggest form of grief yeah. that you would see with Bob. If he didn't play or something. if he didn't, mm. it was something terribly serious. I remember he went up to the to Bay Tree. You know, I'm like a stunned mullet for once. And Bob went up to Bay Tree and 
couldn't play. Wow. Couldn't mm. play. So that was that was how it affected everybody. And then, you know, then we had the big benefit in Myrtle in Myrtle Beach, Beach yeah. where everybody came. I mean, every everybody came and played in a pro am there. And our house was the well, our condominium wasn't a it was a condo. That was where everybody brought their luggage. Hotel and Shearer I was again. Hotel Shearer. <laughs> and I had labels and then we had breakfast there once again. Now it's an event, Now it's an event. And now I'm there with everybody that flew in, flew in on their planes. And if they couldn't get there, Tom Watson couldn't get there, he had um, a prior engagement and he sent the money that, that he earned on that day or that he was playing for, he sent that. And we were... Bumper to bumper again and yeah, great. Amazing yeah. What people did. Yeah. Clearly in golf, we mm. it was a huge story. But in America outside of golf, did it make much in America? Because here in Australia, huge. of course, it was it's a huge paper. story. Oh, it's huge. Well, it's huge in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Because you England too, because he was top of the day. tree. England, you know, he was number one there when yeah. we left. That was the, mm. you know, and the, and the benefit day, you know, he was playing in the States and. And that was extraordinary for a place like Baytree, mm, mm. where we lived, to have that calibre mm. of player there. They had three golf courses there, the green, gold and silver. And to have that calibre, I mean, it was, I think, the biggest event yeah. that they've had in Myrtle Beach. I've actually got a couple of pictures where they've, uh, the faces of them and they're, they're all signed the um, f- yeah big Pace, uh, fo- big, big photo, uh, photo yeah. of them, and he had it in his office. But um, I've got the album of every have group you? that played. Yeah. Take the black and white photo was taken of every group that really? played there. Now, if mm. We were doing a video podcast. I'd well, have I'd, you, I'd have you going to look for that <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think yeah. I could pop my hands. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that. Mm. But um, yeah, have every to now, group. You've mentioned yeah, yeah, but it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Jack kind of had two lives, didn't he, Jack? Yeah, he did. There was before and there was after the accident. Both were incredibly full. It was weird because I'd have press – I remember this press guy rang me um, about five years or ten years after, and he he actually said to me, you know what day it is? And I said, no, what day? What day is it? And he said it's such and such date of, you know, of um, the the month. What was that? What did I say? It was July. And he said – he said, do you mean to say you don't know that this was the day Jack had his accident? It was like the 10th anniversary or something, wasn't it? Yeah. And I said, no, to actually, to be honest, I don't, didn't know. I said, I've forgotten that a, while, a long while ago. I said, why would I want to remember the day he had his accident? But how could you not, Jackie? So you understand <laughs> this. I can't think of anybody else who could manage to do this. But you never thought of Jack as the bloke that got hit by the plane. No. You thought of Jack as the commentator or yeah. the golfer or yes, the head of the Junior Golf Foundation yeah. who happened to have been hit by a plane. plane. It's like you didn't know it. Yeah. But it never defined him. No. How did he manage that? How did you all manage to make that? Well, well, he managed that because of her, and I can tell you that right now. Without her saying anything, he managed that because of her. Sorry. Jackie once said, you know, said, uh, I don't see Jack as disabled. Yeah, and I didn't. I and I can, it. and I honestly, I said, he's got one arm, you know, one eye. <laughs> Jack, Jackie, are you, you know, in the right you place? Know, let's, let's, I don't like to point I, out I, the I, I don't want to like, give you a slap, but, but <laughs> Spo- you know. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert, this is it. So she said, no, I don't see it. So that, 
and there alone, by her saying that mm. and that sentence, can tell you what she thought mm. and how she was. And I remember, and I know she won't mind me saying this, well, maybe she will, but I'm going to say it anyway. She would go in and see Jack and always be on the up yeah. when she saw him. Never, always. I never cried. And she would go out and break her heart, as the whole family may do. But when she went in there, she went in there fighting, and she went in there fighting for him, and she, you know, made him believe, if he didn't believe, that this is the future and this is where we're going now. So that's the, that is, I would say, the biggest reason of Jack's recovery and success afterwards would be Jackie. Because yeah. he got on with it, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did get on. Well, I think I said to him when we got home eventually because the kids were staying with Jack's parents in Carlingford and uh, and I'll tell you one thing, a press guy actually knocked on the door one day and asked his father if he could um, take a picture of Jack in intensive care. Wouldn't sound like a great idea. (laughs) you imagine what his father said? Imagine, yes. Uh, But anyway, he... um, we, uh, I just felt when we got home eventually, because Jack had to do a lot of rehabilitation at Mount Wilger at um, Hornsby, and uh, they were marvellous. And he used to, a bus used to pick him up, you know, one of the buses with about 10, 12 people in. And I'd say, oh, come on, we'll go out and wave Daddy goodbye on the school bus, you know, and things like that. And he'd off, off he'd go for the day. And uh, he learnt so many different things. And in the hospital, you know, we had to go through a lot because he, he had to learn to write with his left hand. And actually, he wrote exactly the same eventually as his right hand. Yeah. That's extraordinary, isn't it? And he hit well, the ball. A choice, and he, yeah, and he never changed. He played with right-hand clubs. Yep, yeah. So, um, yeah, so anyway, he we eventually got home to our house at, at Warners Bay in Newcastle. And uh, I said to him, now, Dar, I've got two little ones. And I said, you know, Christy's just about to start school. I said, you have got to become independent. You don't want me for the rest of your life be saying, are you all right? Do you want me to help? Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do that? I said, if you need help, you ask or you try or we do it. So anyway. Was that, that hard to say, Jackie? It was at the time, but I you had to. You almost to, feel cruel. I did feel cruel, but I had to do this because it made him, I said, you want to eventually eventually go away and do something on your own. You want to be independent. You don't want me following you around for the rest of your life doing things. And, um, and that's what we did. He, you know, when he first, I remember when he first, when the kids wanted to take him swimming and they said, looked at me and they said, Daddy's going to go around in circles. <laughs> and I remember it was up in the Gold Coast. We were staying in a hotel and when he was commentating <laughs> and he didn't, he swam straight uh, for, for the first time. And uh, he used to love get swimming because we had a big pool at home and he swim. But um, he, um, yeah, he, he. I, I remember we packing his case when he first went away and um, he, uh, I, I, he, worked, he, he couldn't do his tie properly and he always, you know, wore a proper tie and I used to tie it on myself and then, or tie it on him and then take it off 
and leave it sort of open, leave it so it was made, and then he'd put it over his head himself, one-handed, and uh, pull like one with one heart at, with his teeth and the other, yeah, to tie it up. And then eventually we decided to go to the bow tie, which he was well known for with the bow tie, and I'd have it made with the clip. So you could just clip it on. Yeah, and clip it underneath the collar. Because um, everything's extraordinarily difficult with one hand, isn't oh, it? Oh, doing up a zipper uh, yes. to undoing a button to and doing a button doing up. The, doing a shoelace, oh, you know, he Lord. had to put the, the lace... He was taught to put the lace, uh, overtake the lace out completely, tie a knot at one end, then go through and thread it through all the way through as you tied it with two laces. And then we'd, he'd just tie a knot in the end and like a little bow or one, one bow type thing. And then he'd stick it down the side. Right. So I'd have cut, I'd have cut some of the lace off so it wasn't so long. And then he'd stick it down the side of the shoes. So he did that. And, uh, and we, he learned how to do all the different things, drive a car. He had to have a special knob and a special license for that. And he, uh, he did become very independent. Well, yeah, totally independent. Best, best yeah. and best known TV commentators yeah. built the Jack Newton Jr. Gallant yeah. Foundation to, this, yeah. to which this day yeah. is churning out yeah, too. the future of Australian it's the best golf. One. I must say it's the best one in Australia. Well, there isn't one left in no, Australia. None right. of them are, are no, still going. Right. And driven yeah. completely yeah. by Jack yeah. personally. Yeah. I mean, that does, doesn't happen because yeah. he's attached no. his name to it. It happened because and Clint's he, now chairman there, so he keeps an eye on what's going on. We've got good, great people. There's a good structure in place, oh, isn't it? Oh, it's a great where, structure. Where it can survive without yeah. Jack. There was yeah. a time when that wasn't true. No, but, but it can survive. We had good people and um, eventually with the – and, um, you know, good good chair people, yeah. you know. Uh, he got a good board and people in that knew what they're doing and the majority of them are still there. Two things on Jack that I want to finish up with because then I've got some other questions that's not so much about those guys, it's more about you. The 1975 Open I wanted to ask you about because you obviously know it better than we do. So Jack lost in a playoff to Tom Watson. Yes. But that was the culmination of an extraordinary week, wasn't it? It started with a practice round with Jack yeah. and the other Australian who oh, I can't whose name I can't remember now. Did he Jack and they played against Jack Nicholas and somebody uh, else? No, it was uh, John O'Leary. Right. You, you tell the story, and then the other, yeah. the other thing I wanted to know about that was the ridiculous bounce that Tom Watson got. Yeah. All of his money to Jack's benefit fund after what happened at the night. Oh, you mean in the, in the open? In the open. Are you talking about the practice round? Yes, in the practice round. Yeah. So Jack and, and actually, somebody. And actually, Jack got a course, first course record there. Yes. Of 75. He used Canusi. to wear it. He used to wear it. I nearly put it on actually yeah. today. Um, um, he had, we had it done for him because, and, uh, Not like a typing or something. No, it was on a gold chain. Oh, okay. And it was a, a scorecard. Oh, wonderful. On both sides. Yeah. Oh, fabulous. That's and, uh, but so, you, you tell the story of what sort of unfolded there. The- yeah. He, um, Oh, this was before, I mean, when he played in the practice round. They played the practice round. Yeah, they played the and practice then Jack round. And went on to almost win the tournament. Yeah, and we, he played. We actually stayed for the first time in the, the other side over on um, St Andrews, and we stayed at the hotel there uh, overlooking the 18th. And um, we were staying there, which was nice. And I used to always pick up his balls in the morning because he liked to practice there. 
and he'd try and hit me most of the time when I was picking practice fours up. But oh, you're jagging for him? Yes. The, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Did you so, ever do that, Kath, for Bob? Did I ever stand at the end of the practice chair <laughs> way? Oh, yeah, no, I'm not seeing it, but did you? <laughs> well, maybe I did. Did you have the I did um, once caddy for him right. and did beautifully and it was raining and everything else. It was only in a practice round. I got to the 18th, <laughs> 18th hole and somehow picked up the bag the wrong way and all the clubs fell out. You said you sacked. <laughs> that was it. So I mean, the best the thing the two of you ever decided to get. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you were anyway, he was jagging balls for him and then we'd get on the ferry across from Car. Oh, right, from, okay. From, uh, I didn't even know there was such a thing. Yeah, it's okay. St an, an Andrews across the um, water to because it was hard to get all the way around. Oh, yeah, there was the only road. one That's road in and commute. out. Oh, yeah. it's, it was a nightmare back then. And... Um, we got the ferry, and it would let it would drop you right at the first tee. Not oh, at Carnoustie. And ferry, yeah, there you go. You see, I wonder if it still runs. It might be. Stuff, yeah. And um, anyway, when we when he he was playing with Jack Nicholas um, there, he he actually Jack would hear the the noise of the ferry, and I often used to say to him, he'd say to me, "You wouldn't believe I was talking to Jack, and he didn't even hear the noise that he was so." One-minded, yeah, focused. and He never heard that noise, any noise of it. But anyway, he played uh, four rounds and uh, brilliantly, and um, they tied and um, Tom with Tom Watson. And um, we do, But we'd already checked out of the hotel. Oh, because of course it's an 18-hole playoff the yeah, next day, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and it was. It was the last, actually the last one that happened. And um, so we, I had to go back. I had to go back and check in, try and get check in. And I, he wanted the same room and and everything. Yes, yeah, we actually had dinner with um, uh, Tom Watson that night. Not Tom Watson. <laughs> I was going to say Tom Wisecott. <laughs> I was going to say that would have been awkward. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, Tom Wisecott and and his wife Judy, and um, we got the same room. They put us in the same room. We checked back in again, and everything was the same. We did exactly the same as we did. I put a fox balls for him the next morning and did exactly the same. And uh, it was raining that day, the majority of the way around. It was the one of the longest rounds I've ever walked, I think. It was just uh, so close most of the time. Then to the last, to the last hole. Because Jack was the underdog. Tom he Watson was the underdog. Already. Everybody, yeah. Tom Watson. Tom, yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean, Jack was. Uh, that, that he, uh, he was quite the figure, wasn't he? Tom he was. Too. Yeah, and um, but he, it was, it was amazing, and but he, 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 you know, it was just one of those things. I always said to him, I because I, I've never said this to him, and I've never been a thing for car person for cars, but oh, I yes. said. He said, if I, yeah, if I, if, if you win, yeah. I want you to buy me a Mercedes Sports. Mm. And, um, I said, you bastard. You so didn't. determined was he not to buy you that car. <laughs> you lost because of that. <laughs> and I always remember, I wasn't after the 18 hole playoff. It was exhausting, actually. Yeah. We'd already done four. I mean, I wasn't even playing. Yeah. yeah. And, and plus that it was the weather and, I just was exhausted and out of exhaustion, I was crying, you know, and it wasn't so much for, I mean, obviously I was sad he was losing, but lost, but it, the fact that it was an emotional cry that I just had to let it out. And I remember that the next day 
there was this picture of us both on the front page of every flipping paper in England <laughs> of us crying, <laughs> me crying and him, you know, next to me. Oh, and, a, and a photographer said to me one a couple of days later or the next tournament or something, he said, do you, do you regret doing that? I said, regret it? What are you talking about? I said, I was emotional. I was exhausted. I needed to let my emotions out. He said, oh, really? You know, it was oh, uh, typical, but anyway. <laughs> there were two things that happened that day that were, odd. well, not odd, the one that wasn't odd. His second shot to the 18th, yeah. just carrying the bunker by less than a yeah. foot with a two iron. Yeah. The 18th at Canoes, I mean, you can't do much more than, than that. That's cruel, but that's golf. But Tom Watson hooked his ball. It was the yeah. 14th to pass through. Hit a, yeah. There's out of bounds down the left, and there yeah. was a strand yes. wire fence, and, it hit and the, the wire fence. could only be a couple of millimetres. It was. And it hit the wire. Yeah. He hooked it, it hit the wire, and came back yeah. into play. Yeah. Even, even for golf, that's not normal. Oh, Jackie. no, it isn't. There, there's, a, there's a not meant to be about that, isn't there? It, it obviously, obviously wasn't meant to be. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Did Jack ever talk about that? Did he you? did, but, you know, it, Jack was always very, I mean, the one he lost, you know, um, but he he was he was pretty, you know. Once it's over, it's once it's over, over it's over. nothing you can do. He tried his best, yeah, and then miss missed by that or whatever it was. It oh, wasn't was, that long. Yeah. It was, um, and and I, I know a guy came up to me when I was waiting for him to come off eventually, and he said, "How did why did you go and miss that ball?" I felt like saying, "You try and flip and hit it." Yeah, <laughs> I mean they're weird people, but there are strange people. Yeah, golf, but it. It was a moment he lost, but you know that's life, and it didn't. It, it, we actually just moved on, and yeah. you know, yeah, it didn't. Wasn't the end of him, was it? He so no. continued play exactly. after that as well. There's been way too much about the men. <laughs> Let's be honest, Kath. How are you going? We lost Bob in January. Mm-hmm. How are you, sort of? Going and being for people, lots of people in golf know you and mm. know you well. I'm sure you've had loads and loads and loads of measures. But it, how are you? It's not easy to lose a partner of 50 years, I think you said. It was, yeah. We were uh, married one day less than 40, 47, 47, one day less than 47 years. Um, I think Bob cast a very big shadow over. You know, a lot of people like in in Victoria, particularly at Southern, and particularly all around here. You know, at the Sandbelt courses, and and he was quite well known, and he loved his golf, and I think he was at his best on the golf course and playing with friends and everything else. It was you go through different emotions, um, and it was after getting over the shock. Because it was a shock, wasn't it? It Bob, was Bob died just, suddenly out of. I nowhere. mean, he he walked to bed and dropped dead, and that was you know he said he felt a bit wobbly, but he had been feeling wobbly for a long time, and all all had been investigated um, that he was you know a, a bit deaf, and he had that charco foot, he had that you know very bad fortune. And they just said that that's the way it is. You know, you can get, get wobbly a little bit. Of, yeah, but a little bit of go, yeah. and every other man at the golf club that was over seventy had a bit of vertigo. So he really didn't, really didn't take a lot of notes. I mean, he really was not ill. Um, and so the shock, how I feel now, is a bit cheated. 
a bit cheated that he went too early, you know, and um, I can't believe it's... I can't believe that, you know, as, as Jackie would say, all that talent, where's it gone? Where's that great game of golf gone? Where's the... You know, the friends have been wonderful and, and Southern has been wonderful and, and the the tour has been marvellous, you know, the PGA and, and out uh, went for a tour around um, Sandringham. You know, golf center, yeah, you? yeah, yeah. Did something and, happen there, Kath, that you like? Well, <laughs> they made me an honorary member of the PGA. What would Bob have to say about that, do you think, Kath? <laughs> I, I couldn't repeat what he would say because he would say, you know, there's so few women that are members of the PGA. It was a men's PGA and all of them can play golf and he would say, what the... Were they thinking? You couldn't even caddy for 18 hours. Couldn't even caddy, absolutely. Knew nothing about it, but um, so that was was a great honour and it's been, it has been great. So now, how do I feel? We had a lunch here um, a few weeks ago. Christy was here as well and we spoke, Ian Stanley's wife was here, Pam and Jackie and I, and we all spoke of the demise of our partners um, with Jack, you know, with his illness, with with Ian, who had so many times been into end-of-life care and come out, and then for Bob, who just stood up, was planning to go and play golf on Monday. And for him it was a blessing. I if say, I in some could, ways it's yeah, the best, in, yeah, by far. And I've said that, you know, I'd love to die at the end of a sentence. <laughs> Which um, uh, uh, whether ma- I'm talking ma- rubbish or not, say, yeah. mathematically, it's probably the most likely. <laughs> some would say, uh, probably. But is it fair? It's not fair for any of us. Is it too early? Of course, it's too early for them to know. How am I doing? Managing. It's gone from. It was never really lousy, and we've all got families, and we've got um, grandchildren, we've got, you know, and for them it's terribly important that they, I mean, my grandson still calls up when I go to Nan and Poppy's house, and we still, you know, you're in Poppy's car and things like that, and that is, and we've still got his golf buggy, that when my grandson comes, he takes it for a lovely ride around the streets. <laughs> so is that something to look forward to? Yes. Am I terribly sorry he's not here to see it all? Desperately sorry. Uh, hmm. Lost changes as we get older, I think, doesn't it? When you're younger, it seems such an extraordinary thing to happen, but mm. we all know that, the spoiler alert, none of us mm. is getting out alive, no. and so it's part of life, isn't it? And it's... It doesn't make it okay, but it makes it perhaps easier to deal with in some ways. I think that I have now, I don't question my own mortality, but I do question it. I'm now... um, It's a reminder, isn't it? It's a great reminder. And it's a reminder to get things where you want them to be, sort of, if you can. All of a sudden, I'm looking for the title of the house that I haven't yet found. (laughs) You know, all of a sudden, I've been to the solicitor to change the will that should have been done beforehand. All of those marks in life. Say the things that you want to say to the people you want to say them to. I've I've always... I I don't think there's much left unsaid. There's not much left unsaid of... But it, it really does remind you that, you know, there's so much more, if I put a tape measure on it, there was so much more behind than there is in the future. And I, must, and I remind my boys of that. Mm-hmm. So 
That's it's sad, it. But it's, part it's, of it's sad, sad, but but um, moving forward in a different way. Yeah. It doesn't. It just you allow it in a place where I think it needs to be, or you hope you get there. And you stay busy too, don't you? I think you. Still I really work do. I still work, and, and yeah, I work quite a lot and a few jobs. And actually, one of the jobs that I've been doing for a long, long time is I do weddings and funerals, and now I just do the funerals. As a celebrant. As a celebrant. Right. You'd so be a fantastic celebrant. <laughs> you really would. I think. Well, it's sixteen years now, but now I concentrate more on the funerals. Right. Um, Why? Because you feel you've got no. Because this is most strange reason. Because with weddings, you're booked up often a year in advance or six months in advance, mm. and I don't want that anymore. That's right. been a real changer for me. Wow. I don't want to be booked up next March or next September. I don't want to put that pressure on myself yeah. that I have to be there. And also, where will I be? Yeah. So I'll still do the funerals and have done many and really... Wow, I never knew that about you, Kat. Well, there we go. The there we go. Because the other problem with, <laughs> with um, weddings, Kath, is they're full of young people. Now, it's not their fault, but that still doesn't oh, make absolutely. it okay, does it? Absolutely. <laughs> and, it's a, and it's a young person's That's game, exactly you know, right. and they always want you to stay. And uh, by the time you've done it, and then they have these sort of uh, married Christie on the beach or in the park or in the, you know, I mean, in a spaceship somewhere if they can. They all want it so different. Funerals are sensible. <laughs> they do, yeah, and Predictable and sensible. Yeah, and with the funerals, I feel that you you get. I don't actually do any funerals now unless I know them. Oh, I should know or have a connection with the family. I feel that's the that's the way to go. And I really feel like I'm standing there, and they are much more celebrations. We've become much more sensible with funerals now. You know, as Jacks, as Bobs, as it's not now always in churches and things. So. Jackie, mm-hmm. how are you? Apart from the coughing fit, Sorry. that we just that's uh, okay. uh, <laughs> Not, don't, don't apologise at all. But uh-huh. how have, April, I think we lost Jack, so it's a little bit fresher than for yeah. Kath. But how have you sort of been coping? And um, to be honest, um, Jack, I, I really believe Jack had Alzheimer's three years ago. Um, I you thought see changes in yeah, him. yeah, and. Um, I used to speak to my girlfriends and say, "Oh, Jack's nice and listen noise." Says says some strange things, and uh, but I realised because Jack's father had Alzheimer's, um, and his mother had dementia much later. But my, his father died before he was seventy, and um, I I knew there was something wrong. And eventually, I said to you know, Christy and Clint, "I said, you know, we need to to see. You know, I think I should go to the doctor and see what what's going on." And if there's something we can do. And um, anyway, they, they began seeing it when they came up and we came down and things like that. And um, eventually I took him to doctor, our doctor, who's, who's wonderful, and he said, Jackie, you definitely need to go and see. He, I think he might possibly have Alzheimer's. Which I resist with. Um, no, we went. No, I think we, he just thought he'd been used to going to doctors and different things a lot because he had um, diabetes. Diabetes. That's right. he yeah, right. he had diabetes. But um, yeah, after the accident, Jack got diabetes. His father had diabetes late in life, and they say that accidents can cause that um, to the body. So he had that. So he was used to going to doctors and different things. Anyway, he went and he didn't get a very 
kind response, but really, you know, they said, well, if you don't sort of do this and do that, and, you know, he'd already given the smoking away. Uh, um, eventually, he found it hard because he had smoked all his life. But he said, you know, Jack, you, you're going to go on medication now, and you just, you're not, you do, you've got to give the drink away. Not that he drank constantly, no, but, you know, he enjoyed a drink. And, um, I must say, he wasn't happy when he walked out and he said, you know, who does he think he is? And I said, he knows exactly who you are, what you are, what you were doing, and you've got to do that. And that's what we've got to do. And anyway, he did, which was amazing. And a few months later, after we had been there, we had our big celebrity tournament, which was the kids were going, and so was I, was thinking, this is not going to work, you know, because obviously people are drinking there. And uh, But it, he was amazing. He really was. And uh, he never had a glass. Wow. I used to have a glass of wine, white wine, which, to be honest, some nights I didn't eat it. Um, but um, he, he ne- no, he never had another glass, ne- anything. Wow. Uh, he had already given beer. Yeah, a- it was amazing. And then um, um, soon after that, I said to the kids, because um, we had a big property in Newcastle, 15 minutes. Augusta, or, it was We called it Augusta because it was se- seven and a half acres of undulating land and and um, it um, we had horses and we were there for 37 years and we bred horses. We had trotters. And then race horses as well, and uh, we'd breed them and and then race them with with people that we knew um, who were involved as well, and um, which was great. I mean, I think it it was wonderful for Jack when when we moved to the property. It was soon after the accident. I had been looking for one, but the ones he was looking at were like fifty acres. And with no way, yeah, yeah. (laughs) and he was going to drive trotters, you know, things like that and do all that kind of thing. And um, I found this for seven acres and um, it was amazing. We had a great life there. The kids both had horses and it was what we always wanted from traveling with them all the time where they had to always be wearing something nice and smart and, you know, clean and, and travelling on planes, and and um, they could actually play in the dirt and be normal kids, and that was one of the reasons why we went to live in Newcastle too. Although Jack came from Cessnock, so um, he he knew the the lake really well. Oh, he's a committed Newcastle. He was, well, yeah. Was he not? Yes. God's fight country. for Newcastle. God's country. <laughs> God's country. If you he asked. used to say, yeah, yeah. and uh, and staunch night supporter yeah. of the footy and. And, um, so, um, we, we downsized and moved into somewhere smaller. But in those last two years, to be honest, I was beginning, I lost him, you know. It's an awful, it is insidious disease, Alzheimer's. And, uh, he, he uh, didn't know who I was and, And uh, I had to keep reminding him. I had pictures everywhere, the big, the big pictures of the kids and the grand, because we've got six beautiful grandchildren. And um, I just, uh, you know, and I kept him at home. Um, eventually. That's difficult. It is very hard. I was the carer and couldn't go. around sleep and wandering around. Oh, yes, and, and I had to lock the all house. the doors yeah. and, 
uh, luckily moving, I only had the garage door, which I dismantled. The side gate, I put a padlock on, and um, and the um, the front door, I just literally every time I went out into the garbage, put the garbage, you know, thing, I, I locked it because if he came out, he might get an inkling of wanting to have a wander, and he actually did. When before the week before we we moved into the new house, we uh, um, staying with a friend of ours on the harbour in an apartment there, and I'd had the dogs put in. I put the dogs into the garden where we were moving to, but we had to sort some other things out before we could move in. And um, I said to Dick, who we were staying with, I said, "Look, Jack's okay. If you can have him just for this half an hour run over." feed the dogs and come back. When I came back, he was gone. Jack was. Dick was lying down because he's not been well. And um, I, and we said, where is he? Anyway, he was lost for five hours in Newcastle. I nearly had heart attack. Oh, it was five o'clock, dark, starting to rain. We'd been all up and down the harbour because he on, he's on the harbour. I couldn't find I was asking people where, if you see a one-armed man... <laughs> You know, I need him. At least he stands out. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did stand out. <laughs> and um, I had a niece who was working at a big restaurant there, a custom house on the front. And uh, she said, look, Jackie, I'll tell the security guard here and he'll tell all the others. And then I had a friend, a, co- a policeman, and uh, he he went to every pub, but he all, they already knew because Georgia had put it out about Jack uh, at them. And... Um, but I, he said, you've got to tell the police. You've got to let them know and they can help. Anyway, eventually, of course, I'd said yes. And then I realized what would happen would go viral. So I hadn't told Christy in Melbourne by this time. I'd been so busy looking for him. And lo and behold, these people were all ringing her up. What's happened to your dad? And she didn't know. Anyway, eventually, a friend of ours who owns a cafe in Derby Street in Newcastle, called Goldberg's, his boss, his um, manager was on, heard it through the, you know, obviously yeah. went out. Twitter and yeah. all those things. Saw Jack <laughs> sitting at a table, said, do you want a coffee, Jack? And kept kept him, him there. Clear. The police were there. They rang. And um, I went and I said, "Hun, I asked you if you wanted to go for a walk before you dis- disappeared. You've been gone for five hours. Where have you been? He had no idea, no idea, been gone for five hours. And he was fine. He was just sitting there like nothing had happened. So uh, when he eventually did um, pass, he was at home, and he was only in there three, three or four weeks, not even that. Two of the weeks, two and a half of the weeks, he was in hospital with problems, bowel and right. thing. And, it's a um, physical condition all the time. So we only, only think of the mind. That's right. It breaks right. down the body too. So this is now breaking down the body plus the accident As actually of- had caused a lot of problem with his intestine yeah. where he had to have, have uh, you know, different things done. And um, lo and behold, it came to bite him in the bum because he was getting, because of change of diet, you know, and things like that, he was uh, having bowel, bowel blockages. Oh, he had intestine blockages. We got rid of that after a week in hospital. Then he had a bowel blockage. And the doctor in the hospital said to me, Jackie, every time you bring him, they send him in here, 
it's not good. It's going to break him down even more. Unless it's really absolutely... Treatment becomes a part of the problem, doesn't yeah. it? It stresses the body it does, further absolutely. as well. Yeah. So they said, just leave it. Just keep him at the home. So I did. And I'm so grateful that we did do that because he got um, like a pneumonia and um, he um, within a, a, a day he was gone. I got Christy up from Melbourne. Clint had just come in from Canberra, so he drove up. My niece and his sister all came, and we were all there with him. It's it's a difficult thing to say, but there's a right time, isn't there? I and actually was I'd I'd bled for him. It was a relief for two months. I it was a relief, yeah. and I was he was he was relieved. Yes, he was just an angry man, and um, not all the time, no. but a lot of the time when he couldn't converse he couldn't he could i couldn't understand what he was talking about he'd already lost so much in life hadn't he Jack? yeah from the accident exactly he'd, he'd done an amazing job of building other things other but things yeah. they're all being taken away yeah now, would have been so awful. i found it a relief and yes the hardest thing was getting over the two years yeah. of really stressful times it's with him it's tiring for you too which i did and you know everybody kept saying to me you've got to look after yourself you've got to look after yourself and I was. Are you now? I am. I hope so. Yeah, I am looking after myself. I am doing. You know, we're still running our celebrity tournament in December. Um, that would be keeping you nice and busy, I would which think, will be too. keeping me busy. Yes. Yeah, and and my son and daughter and and uh, their 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 loved ones. And um, look, I look at my family and I go, I've got six beautiful, healthy grandchildren. Two, you know, my, both my children married to beautiful people, and I can't ask for anything more. There's people in the world worse off, isn't yeah. It? And you Jack have would to go far to find. Jack, them, yeah, so. Jack would would want that, yeah, you know, certainly. and um, will c- continue on his legacy. And uh, you know, we we went up to the um, the they had the international up in Cessnock, the kids the other day. And yes, we went, went up there, and so um, it will continue yeah. as long as, as long as we can. I think we'll leave it there. Four incredibly full lives. Two of you still with us. We'll all miss Jack and Bob, obviously, in the Australian golf community, and that'll always be the case, but it's been fantastic to catch up. Thank you, as always, Kath. Really enjoyed that. Thank you. And lovely to meet you finally, Jack. Really appreciate you taking this on. Thank you. So many fabulous memories contained in there, both personal and public. What a contribution Bob and Jack have made to the game and matched in every way by Jackie and Kathy. Well, that's all for episode 77, but I hope you've made the effort to add the podcast to your follows because on our next, John Huggan catches up with one of the modern game's great characters. I mean, in career, you have your three rounds and I'm extremely lucky that one of my three rounds happens to be my first round at the Ryder Cup in America, being shout out all day and playing with one of, you know, our biggest um, European point score against arguably one of the two best golfers that's ever lived. That's Nicholas Colsarts next time on The Thing About Golf. Golf.